It's Ramadan and we're back. That sounds Ramadan so Mubarak, everyone. <laughs> we're so excited. Can you tell? We um, are excited. It's just the world is on fire and it's hot outside and we can't drink water and there's a lot happening at all times. At least one of us is not on caffeine either and has been up for a very long time. So yeah, we're here. Corey's schedule, schedule is cursed. I go back to bed after I eat. After... TMI, it takes me forever to digest all the water that I drink. So then after that happens, I can go back to sleep. Yeah, no, like, Corey's just awake. Once Corey wakes up, like, that's it. I, I, I can't go back to bed. Oh, my God. So Ramadan weekends for me are just like, well, all right, I have extra time today. <laughs> Gonna sit here and stare at my computer screen until it's time for me to eat. <laughs> So, anyways, um, yeah, we're back. It's May. We're in the middle of Ramadan and in the middle of a pandemic. And, you know, last month we were kind of talking about how the world is on fire and the world is still on fire. So, here we are. (laughs) The world continues to stay on fire as much as we try to make it stop. So, um, you know, we, we talked last month, you know, Easter was happening, Passover was happening, now Ramadan's happening. Um, I know a lot of communities are giving out kits to people who need them with, like, food, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with halal food. So that's going on. I know there's been a few people that are like, oh, well, we could go to Masjid, we'll just social distance. There is no social distancing in Muslim prayer, okay? We stand shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. So, there's just no, like, you can be like, okay, everyone stands six feet apart. There are still carpets on the floor everyone's forehead is touching. If any of you have ever seen any clip of anybody praying ever, this is not a thing that happens. Which is frustrating for a lot of us for obvious reasons. But for safety, we just have to deal with it and pray at home and make it work. And, you know, we're making it work. I know for some people... um, this is something we talked on last time of Ramadan is really a month of community. So I know some people are struggling with that, especially not being able to, you know, have iftars and see your family and, you know, go to masjid. So that sense of community that a lot of people associate with Ramadan is virtual this year, not necessarily physical like many people are used to. Right, exactly. And we're dealing. I mean, I we talked a little bit last time, and I've talked before. You know, it's a little bit different if you're a revert, right? You know, you're not you're not a born Muslim. I guess I don't like saying born Muslim because it's still raised Muslim. You have to choose you. You weren't raised Muslim, so you don't have the community built in that you grow up and you know and you know the families and everything. So, I mean, for me, this isn't that different of a Ramadan because I I haven't had families. Like, I may go once or something, but I don't have a built-in network of families that I'm like, oh, iftar with. And, you Mm -hmm. know, the people I do know, they tried to let me cook once and they decided that was never going to happen again. But I don't know what they thought was going to happen when they were like, here, spice this to your taste. Corey is it, not um Corey's not the cook of the two of us, let's put it that way. Yeah. 
There's there are a lot of things I am very good at. I can freely admit that food skills. I mean, I I can make my healthy food. I can boil my chicken. I can steam my vegetables. Um. I'm over here fully Bangladeshi. Boiling and steaming of things just doesn't... Ex- I mean, it exists, but not really. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, boil my chicken or steam my fish or steam the vegetables, and that's about, like, as far as mine goes, because that's necessity, and that's, you know, like, I can make coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can't have right now, so it doesn't really help. <laughs> yeah, so... um, Yeah, for me... And I think other reverts who don't have that built-in sense of community, I think maybe having a little bit easier of a time because we're like, well, okay. I mean, it's kind of business as usual. You know, if you don't have that built-in sense of community, um, especially, like, if you only speak English, you're not going to get the most iftar invites because a lot of the families I've found are, like, English is not the first language, so you have to have some poor person is stuck being your interpreter all night to boot. And it's just, it's kind of awkward and you feel like you're imposing by the end of the night. And you're just like, man, I think they'd be having a better time if I weren't here. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, and I think, too, it's also, you know, for me, I grew up Muslim, obviously, and I would have been alone for most of it anyway because I live, diff- I live in a different place than my parents. I only see them every three weekends. But now it's even more of this very odd, like, yeah, I would have seen them every three weekends, but we might have gone to the masjid one of those days because the mosque always had always has iftar and all the families take turns providing food for everybody. And even though most people there speak Urdu or Hindi, the kids, all of us still speak English. So, you know, the kids would help set up. We'd grab our food. We'd go outside. The parents would all stay inside. And it was always like a part of the iftar experience, which we can't have for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it's also not even that oh, I can't see my parents. I can see them, but I can't see my cousins because they can't get sick. No one can get sick. And so what would have been us going to my cousin's house once or twice over the course of 30 days is now zero times. And even if like I go home for Eid just to do something with my family, because me and my family are working as one unit. So like none of us are leaving except to come pick me up and take me to the grocery store. And I do everyone's groceries, which is a lot of fun. When you only have two hands and need to push a cart that has things for like three families. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Everyone at Costco looks at me like I'm losing it. It's fine. Um, but because of that, you know, I can do if they're over Zoom. And there are a lot of people who are doing that. A lot of people are doing um, Sahari over Zoom or WebEx or Facebook, you know, whatever video program that they have. And that helps. But it's still really weird not to like physically be sitting down and like portioning out all of the food options and like helping my mom fry the samosas. And so I think that's the kind of stuff for me that I'm kind of like, I was going to be alone anyway, but now I'm forced to be alone and that's different. Yeah, see, I mean, for me, and I think this isn't every revert, but I know and I've talked to enough reverts that Ramadan is still kind of a solitary time for us. Right. And this is something I've noticed about reverts in general. um, What I call solitary Muslims. (laughs) Yeah. Because you don't have that built-in community. And I will say, like, trying to get into that built-in community requires a lot of effort. And I'm not even blaming the community for it. It's just generally people who are reverts, you know, from what I found of talking to other reverts, there's a language barrier or there's a cultural barrier. 
and there are communication lapses. Mm-hmm. That it's really that nobody's at fault here. It's just you're approaching the same path from two radically different angles. Right. If that makes sense. So, you know, for me, Ramadan is kind of a solitary time anyway, because I don't have that network where I can go to, or, you know, when I have, it's, there's a language barrier. And I know that the person who's stuck with me the entire night can't be, you know, meeting their cousins or whatever, like they'd like to. So for me, and, you know, I know for other reverts, it's more of a, the spiritual component takes on a greater aspect than the communal. Right. If that makes sense. Like, I know I've already told you, like, little insights I've had. It's like, oh, man, this Ramadan was really great because, you know, allowed me to realize I've been, like, stress grazing all day. And when I haven't been eating, I'm realizing how often I was stress grazing. So you start being very... I don't want to say insular, but more inward. And you, it's very much about you and your relationship with Allah and what you're doing spiritually. Right. Well, and also I think part of it is, you know, for people who are already introverted, going to the mosque every day for iftar and sitting in a group of Allah, depending on gender, right? The aunties and uncles, or even if you're younger and dealing with the kids, is a lot of, I mean, first of all, we're tired. Like, Mm -hmm. we have to wake up early, and then we have to do all of that, and then we're supposed to go and socialize, and then people who pray tarawih, which is the Ramadan prayers at night, that's another hour to two hours, depending on the mosque you go to. That's a lot of peopling. And so for people who aren't into that, if you're also a revert, you have now have to, like, triple the amount of energy that you put into, like, experiencing Ramadan the way that extroverted Muslims and people who are raised Muslim do, which makes it so much harder. There's a language barrier, because, like, I'm still learning... Quranic Arabic right you know that's something reverts are dealing with on top of everything else is like we don't understand what is going on so we're trying to do rote memory so we can follow along with it and then we're also trying to learn the language to follow along with it and then you know a lot of people in masjid and I'm very sorry for the ice cream truck in the background (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry I was just like should I say something Will, will Corey say something I we apologize for the ice cream truck <laughs> in the background. But, you know, it's there's a lot of stuff that a revert has going on anyway of, you know, things that I think if you're, you know, if you grow up Muslim, you kind of already know. Take, it's the same thing. Like, I grew up Christian, and there are certain things that I would take for granted knowledge-wise that people who did not grow up Christian would have a hard time understanding. Like, the entire right. concept of communion. To me, right, I grew up right. with it, so it makes total sense. But if you don't grow up with it, it is very bizarre. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've heard many of the jokes about eating and drinking, and I'm just like, mm, okay, I don't know what's happening. I'm just going to be respectful of this thing that I don't understand. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> The thing, what I love about Islam is there is such a low barrier to entry of you right. go in and you proclaim in front of a group of Muslims that you believe Allah is like the one true God and all that stuff. And like, that's it. Right. They're like, right. we'll, we'll learn you the rest of this. All you have to do is believe it and admit it in front of people. We will help you with the rest. So, you know, 
unlike other religions where they're like, well, before we fully accept you, we want you to study and we want you to go through a course. It's, which I do feel like can be gatekeeping. Yeah. Especially if you don't have the time or the, you know, the money to do it. But, you know, Islam right, is course. very much just like, you're here, we'll teach you. You're one of us right. now. But you don't have that bedrock to kind of go on. So you're still learning while everybody else around you is like already going full speed. So you're, you know, you'll go in weekly at Masjid and you're like, I'm going to stay in my little lane and not say anything. So I don't put my foot in my mouth. Right. And it's the same thing with Ramadan of like, you don't want to mess up somebody else's traditions. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, and I'm not, I don't want this to sound like it's a bad time because I think it's a really good time, at least for the first few years before you kind of build up your own network. Cause I'm finally getting to where there are other aunties that are like, Sahara, you were telling me that they're finally accepting me cause they insult me to my face. Yes. <laughs> you know, like they'll just like straight up tell me something now and not be afraid of what I'm going to say to them. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm making headway. But you know, you're first, one of us. <laughs> yeah, the first few years, honestly, like I think if you look at it as an opportunity to really work on your own spirituality, it's a good way to not feel as isolated. Mm-hmm. So you know, like I think every year so far since I've been observing Ramadan, I've come to you and I've been like, "Hey, I just had this epiphany," or you know, right, something exactly. like that. So it's you know, and I've. You know, I read the Quran entirely through during Ramadan. This year I may get through it twice because I started reading it during quarantine to help me calm down. So we'll see where that goes. <laughs> but it's a, I think it's a really good time for you to look at it, if you're a revert, as an opportunity for your own enrichment that you don't necessarily have those other external pressures of like, what if I mess up at Masjid? What if right. I mess up somebody's traditions? Right. And it also definitely depends, too, on, like, the the diversity of your masjid. Because, like, the mm-hmm. mosque that I go to is really small. So, like, we've grown... Like, I grew up learning how to read the Quran from the imam there. And so it's literally everyone speaks Urdu because everyone's from Pakistan or India. And my family, until as of, like, three years ago, was the only Bangladeshi family in the whole place. And we had some, um, you know, we had some other... Wow. See? Ramadan break. We had people from other backgrounds... But it was predominantly a South Asian masjid. But the masjid two miles down the road is more of a Middle Eastern masjid, right? So, like, depending on where you are and, like, what kind of, like, who is at those mosques, it totally changes the perspective of, like, your experience, especially mm-hmm. because the food itself changes, too. Like, I'm right. used to samosas and pakora and, like, all of the South Asian foods. But the masjid, I almost just said where it was. But the other bigger masjid, they have people from all backgrounds because it's, like, a masjid, like, thousands of people. So every week, the food is totally different. And so there's a niche for, like, people from different communities to go to. Right. Well, I am so sorry for this ice cream truck. I don't know why it's just decided to, like, park itself here. I don't think. Can you social distance? I mean, I guess if there's only one driver, it doesn't matter. This is the discussion. It's fine. Yeah. Um, this, this, when we talk about Ramadan brain, this is what Ramadan brain is. Yeah. Because... We're now hungry. We're a little bit dehydrated now, and your brain start. And you know, for me, I've been up for several hours at this point, and your brain just starts kind of 
wondering just a little bit if you don't keep it in check. Like normally right. you're fine and you can keep focus, but the moment with Ramadan brain, the moment you kind of like let off, it just starts veering. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so if you ever... and now I'm like, you know what? I have ice cream in the fridge. Yeah. Yeah, if you ever wonder what Ramadan brain is, you've been hearing it for, like, this entire episode. <laughs> Our listeners, this just sounds like them on a regular basis. Listen, it's different, okay? I promise. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, I'm trying to not be like... I, I don't like telling people during Ramadan, it's like, I'm going to be hangry all month. Because you yeah. don't... I, like, a lot of non-Muslims like to be like, oh, it just must be so hard. And, like, a lot of the time, honestly... Like, you know you're hungry, but it's okay. Yeah. But there are times when we're getting towards the end, and I, like, honestly, I'm hangry. Like, there are times when it's like you have that la- that final hour. Right, Before you right. can eat or drink. And it's not as bad this time, but normally, like, you have to understand, like, I normally am at the gym for two or three right. hours. right. On top of, you know, no water, no food. So by the time normally when we're, you know, non-COVID Corey has spent about two and a half, maybe three hours depleting herself at the gym. So by the time we're about ready for the that final hour before the fast breaks, I am like dying. Yeah. And I'm not someone who gets hangry. Like I... I'm never... Honestly, like after week one, my body's not hungry at all. It's mostly just annoying that... But I drink 24 ounces of water in the morning and 24 ounces of water when I break my fast. And I have to pee a thousand times because for some reason, even though I drink less water during Ramadan, I have to pee more. I don't, I don't understand how kidneys work. It's fine. I'm not a scientist. Nope. Wrong term. Biologist. There we go. But the point is, we all like respond to different stimuli differently. And so like this whole time I've been listening to this ice cream truck and it's not even that I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the ice cream, cream I'm going to eat. isn't going away. Because I just really want to think about the ice cream. Ice cream I could have because I went to Costco last weekend to buy food for everybody and decided, you know what? I haven't had ice cream since I left Cleveland, which that's actually, I just totally lied. I've had ice cream twice since I left Cleveland. Okay. Because I love ice cream. And so I splurged and I bought three different types of ice cream and now they're sitting in my fridge tempting me. And I'm like, wait, I can't eat any of this until it's sunset. <laughs> Anyways, ice cream segue over. Again, I don't even remember what we were talking about. <laughs> But yeah, like everybody has different experiences with the fasting. Um, Like I said, for me, like I have, you know, in the afternoon to boot is when I have very intense workouts for two or three hours. So I am like super depleted by the time I'm done. People who maybe don't physically exert yourselves that much, maybe not have that much of an issue. Right. Um, Corey's just a beast. I, I... Corey was telling me last year, yeah, this is my workout. This is what I eat. And I'm like, one, none of these foods taste, sound exciting during Ramadan because you have to eat the same thing every day for the rest of your life so you don't pass out from all the working out. And two, I'm like, how do you do this? Because I can barely get in like a 20-minute workout before I'm like, you know what? I'll deal with it later. Today, my workout was running around my living room for 15 minutes because I didn't want to do anything else. And then I'm over here is like my, I can just like, I, we live in the studio and I'm in a densely populated area of LA to boot. So working out for me has been almost non-existent because we have no space in our apartment to do a lot of like the cardio at home stuff. Yeah. So I am over here languishing and 
I'm just like on Can you one just, like, hand, I'm not go super... up and down the stairs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because we have neighbors that congregate in the stairs with no masks. Haram. I know. That's I'm not like how works. it is so hard to get a good workout. See, we're Ramadan bringing again. Anyways, this year um <laughs> The fasting isn't so bad for me because I'm not having those huge physical exertions. Right. But, you know, there are other people. Um, there is a Mustafa Ali in the WWE. Um, I know, I don't know if we mentioned this during Ramadan, but normally if you're traveling, you don't have to observe the fasting. You can make it up later. Right. So if you're a WWE wrestler, you are traveling, like, all over the world five six days a week and that's all year so he was like i won't have another time to make this up so while he is traveling and wrestling he is still fasting it's like those dang olympians i'm like why do you do this i i mean it's not that i'm judging them i'm i'm honestly very inspired like Mm -hmm. i think that's amazing and at one point in my life i will get to the point where i actually do my workouts every day during ramadan for like the full length but this year is not that year. Also, the world, I mean, it's just hard because I'm fatigued by just the general status of the world. There's if it a wasn't lot of the mental case, fatigue going on right now. Exactly. Too. And the just, next semester, Ramadan is after slash right during the time of my master's qualifications. So, like, <laughs> that's going to be a fun time. Yeah. Like, okay. We'll make it work. You are going through a lot, I think, with your schooling right now. And then, you know, my work is just a haram boat anyway. So uh, we're both we just like high-key, <laughs> we're high-key stressed, and we're hungry, and we're dehydrated, but we're determined, because, you know, Ramadan is still a good thing. It's, we're, right, we're determined. it is a very good thing. The ice cream truck finally left. I love Hello, how this entire part. podcast has been dominated by the ice cream truck. <laughs> it's fine. I will say, actually, so I remember our last Ramadan episode, which we will link below for those of you who have not heard it yet. Um, we talked about things that we do. And for me, one of those things is not watching scripted because like scripted television just distracts me. And it's such a good decision because this year, um, I have been watching Legends of Tomorrow, which I'll get to at the end of the podcast. And I was finishing MacGyver because there was literally only two ups left. So I was like, whatever, it's done. Like the season's finished. No, terrible idea. I got super distracted because of all the behind the scenes stuff going on with COVID. And it's like, no, past assignment was proper about all of this. Don't watch scripted TV during Ramadan because you don't focus on the things you need to, like finishing the Quran, which I'm trying to do, and I keep getting distracted because, again, fatigue. So it's like, do what you're supposed to do and keep doing it. And so next year, for sure, I don't care that it's going to be in the middle. Well, who knows? Because COVID. But anyways, even if there's TV airing in the spring, I'm not watching it during April because I need to just focus on, like, not doing that. See, and watch- speaking of... I watch so little TV to begin with. That's not my issue. My issue, like, I always, always try for Ramadan is, like, no caffeine, which for right. me is just, like, a default reset for the for the upcoming year. Of, like, wean myself off before I am inevitably back up to an ungodly right. amount. But right. then I'm also, like, I try very hard not to swear. Yeah. Oh, I am same. doing better this year, even though this year is way more haram. I'm getting there. See, I'll still drop, like, D-A-M-N once in a while. And I've definitely said, like, S-H-I-T a few times. But the worst one is when I'm trying so hard not to drop an F-bomb. Because as you all know, we are both such potty mouths. It's awful. That, like, when I do it, it's by accident. 
Like I caught myself accidentally saying it like four days ago and I don't even, it wasn't even for a reason that deserved like an F-bomb. And I was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I have been training myself to say duck. Duck is good. Like duck, duck good. or ducking. But now I'm just like, man, I'm, people are going to think I'm a walking um, autocorrect. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also like, even if you say duck or ducking, is that really truly the spirit of not cursing? Because you're still cursing technically. <laughs> I know, I, don't know but, it's hard. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm trying, like, once I can get away from saying the worst one, then that's, like, that one step back, oh, then you take the other step back, so I'm, like, now I'm at heck, hecking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's like everybody has different things, I think, that they want to focus on during Ramadan. For me, um, it's more like how, you know, purifying my thoughts yeah, absolutely. Because, I, you know, I don't have all the other stuff going along with the community stuff, so I'm already focusing on, like, reading the Quran and, you know, all, some other spiritual things. But for other people, I understand, it's like, you have a lot of other things going on, and maybe that is a perk of being a revert. It's like, I don't have extra stuff. Yeah. That's a way to look at it. You don't have some of the extra stuff that you have to deal with, so you can just, like, really hone in on your spirituality. And maybe some Arabic lessons, which I should be doing, but I haven't because the world's been on fire. Sorry. I mean, Arabic is hard to learn. Even I just in general. My, I have not opened my little trainee thing since March, to be <laughs> honest. Listen, like, learning once Arabic everything on shut own. down, that was it. So, side note for folks who are interested in learning Arabic. It's actually, here's the thing. For people who don't know the script, it's really difficult to learn on your own because you really need that feedback loop of like practicing it and so for someone like me who knows how to read arabic because i learned it as a kid and i've been reading the quran since i was five i can read quranic arabic just fine like the reason i'm able to get through the quran in a month and actually less than a month because you don't fast when you're in your period blah blah blah, is because i read arabic quickly but i'm in arabic classes right now and i could not explain to you any of the grammatical stuff from the last two units because my graduate classes were kicking my butt i have no clue how to negate things there's, like, four different ways to negate stuff in the future. I don't know why Arabic thought that was, like, it's not necessary. So for someone who's trying to learn and hasn't learned a different language before, I admire you for trying because I know for me, I'm, like, really I'm wish I had learned how to speak it. To read it. Like, when I say, I do want to clarify, when I say reading the Quran, if you're a revert, they do have copies of the Quran in your native language. You don't have to oh, yeah. start out reading it in Arabic because that's just, it's just not going to happen. Um, yeah. So I, I do want to clarify, I have an English copy of the Quran that I read. Um, it's my second copy because I had an unfortunate incident with my first one that I'm still ashamed of. Um, did I pretend did you... about that, Sahar? No. What did you do? Did you drop it in the toilet? Mm, no. Kind okay. of similar. So I normally, I carry <laughs> Did you copy... drop it in the sink? <laughs> well, just let me finish. I normally carry Sorry. my copy. My copy of the Quran with me wherever I go. Okay. Um, so when I go to the gym, I put it in my gym bag. So uh -huh. I just, I always have it. Because you never know when you're going to get stuck waiting. And for me, I'm like, I could be on my phone or I could be purifying my mind. Instead of, you know, being very angry. And I also, you know, I just like carrying it with me. So one day, I'm walking to the gym. And then all of a sudden, I feel like wet right where my butt is and i'm like what's going on and i didn't get oh, my water yeah. bottle screwed on 
I remember now. And your water I, bottle exploded and killed everything. Yeah, and just destroyed my Quran. And I remember I was trying to save it, and I'm in the gym, and I am just super upset. Because that was a copy that was gifted to me, too, which makes right. it even worse. Right. And I had it under the little hand dryer, and, like, everybody else is staring at me, and I am just beside so mad. myself. And my friend Jocelyn was like, well, maybe you can. And then the cover started slipping off. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I was so upset. Well, that was a if gift. If it makes you feel any better, I'm pretty sure the way you're supposed to like deal with the Quran is question mark with water recycling. I might be lying to you. Let's Google this. The ice cream machine is back. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, why? <laughs> there are no. How many kids are there on this block that are going to be willing there are to be not let that out? Many kids, and the college students are gone, so you can't even go after the high college kids. Ayolah! Every time they re- see. Ramadan One day, when social distancing is, when so, or, sorry, physical distancing is no longer the case, you should walk down there and be like, listen, Linda, why you do this to us? And also, please desist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lanta. Uh, so, yeah, I was like, I destroyed it by accident, and I felt so bad, so I had to get my second copy that I now no longer take everywhere with me because I'm terrified of having that happen again. Probably the best choice. I mean, yeah, I, I don't I take a crown anywhere because you have to have, like, ablutions, and then I'm like, oh, hey, look at this. The proper way to dispose of a Quran is to first soak it in some water and then bury it so the ink comes off. See? You were halfway there. Well, I was halfway there. I still have it. I still have. I should just bury it at this point because I still yeah. have it I felt so bad. I didn't want to take it to masjid for it to be disposed of and have to admit <laughs> to the person who gave it to me that I, I destroyed it. I just need to go quietly bury it now that I know. I'm sorry. I'm just. We all have an experience like that. One time I found a Quran on the ground. It was a pocket Quran, which means someone had it in their back pocket. And I'm like, that's not how this works. You're not supposed to sit in the Quran, y'all. Anyways, we're getting completely sidetracked. The point of this episode was to talk about Ramadan and talk oh, about the revert, convert experience. That and is, we are that talking is a about. revert experience. You get gifted your first copy of the Quran and then you accidentally destroy it and you have to live with that shame. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure there's reverts that have had similar experiences and who are going to listen to this and be like, yes, yes, I'm not alone. Yeah. But I blame the ice cream truck. I mean, listen, ice cream is great. I feel bad for folks who can't have it. If you don't like it, that's one thing. But if you just like can't have it, I'm like, oh, but it's God's gift. Anyways. The you point are going hard <laughs> on that ice cream. I love ice I'm cream so much. I'm just talking about the ice cream truck being a distraction, but man, you are just like listen, listen. I developed lactose intolerance for a month of my life. We're not entirely sure what's happening, but that Corey knows this whole saga. Long story short, over spring break, I had massive pain in my tummy, and none of the over-the-counter things were working. And I was like, I am dying. Maybe this is just pandemic-related, like psychosomatic stress, which is very much a real thing. If you didn't know that, like your body will totally just like give you pain because they can't handle the mental health related stuff. Yes. And, and we are um, in the middle of a pandemic. And so I was like, maybe I'll, it'll be fun when I go home after spring break. Cause you know, I was supposed to do homework, blah, blah, blah. I get back to my apartment and I'm like, all right, let me test like gluten. Let me test, you know, milk. Nothing really seems to like 
changed. I'm like still kind of feeling pain. One day I decided, you know what, I'm going to just do it. And I drank eight ounces of milk. And then it was like, oof, that was the wrong idea because wow. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to buy lactate pills and it'll be fine. Last week I had milk when I went home and nothing happened. And so now I think I'm just like, I don't know what's wrong. But the point of that story is I hadn't had ice cream for a while because I was like, I don't have lactate pills and ice cream has milk and now I can eat it. So I just I think I'm just focused on that part because like I love dairy and it would be really sad not to be able to eat it. And yeah, I feel for everyone who has intolerance because I'm just like, oh. But I also think it was punishment for eating ice cream 300 days in a year. I'm dead serious. That's how many times I had ice cream when I was in Cleveland last year. So the more you know about me what? now. That is too much. There's no such thing. Like the health. Mitchell's is, okay, Mitchell's like is the, amazing. The health person in me is just like, Sahar, no. No. It was so good. We used to go every day after work. And it was all healthy and organic. Anyways, this, see, this is totally actually a stuck for I should not be waxing poetic about ice cream while I'm fasting. That is actually haram. Anyhow. <laughs> Ramadan uh, is a lot. We're, yeah, we're making it again, happen. folks, Ramadan brain. This is Ramadan brain in action. So. Pe- people are trying to do their best. But I will say real quick, to be serious. I appreciate, though, that mosques are running food drives and communities are coming together to support mm-hmm. people, especially there's been the black bailout, the Muslim bailout, which is trying to help get Muslim prisoners and just prisoners in general out of jail right now because those are cesspools for disease. So there's a lot of really great things happening this Ramadan. I don't mean to be completely facetious as much as I enjoy ice cream. So for those of you listening, we hope you are doing well in these ridiculous times and that you and your loved ones are well and that you are able to stay home and safe. Also, um, we mentioned Legends of Tomorrow, and you should go check out a little podcast that Hair has been guesting. Yeah, it's called Legends in Review, where we talk at length about all the things we don't like and all the things we do like. And as you all know me, I am very much not the biggest fan of DCTV, but I've been guesting on this um, review podcast. It's been very conversational and entertaining uh, it's because I've been focused on Zarya and Baharad, and we will totally have an episode about them once the season ends, where Corey and I will get to talk at length about our responses to the Muslim characters and the way the Legends has continued that track. We'll put a link down below, as always. And if there's other things you want to hear us talk about, please let us know, because otherwise we don't know what else we should talk about, because there's only so much we can discuss yes. before oh, we start talking mention- in circles. Um, you do want to check out uh, Ladies First. We've been back up and running for a few months now. We're going to have two episodes a month throughout the summer because there's just a lot going on. And, you know, it's kind of haram, and I'm not going to get into it here, but there's been a lot going on. So um, if you also follow with that show, we are going to have, like, double the content throughout the summer for you to listen to. So give us a whirl if you feel like it also um if you haven't been on our website to see we are launching a weekly newsletter called the carol diaries uh sahara do you want to try to explain who carol is um from my understanding carol is the wildest mascot we've ever had and i kind of love it and she's inspired by if i say her name right cersei cersei how does yeah, um, and it's it's a hamster. No, and she's not a hamster. She talks... She's a guinea pig. 
I lied. I'm so sorry. I don't know my whatever species of animals those are. Yeah, um, we never had any. Our, uh, she's our site mascot. Um, our take on the good Queen Carol, because if you ever watched our Game of Thrones criticism, we were like, these characters aren't the book characters, so we kind of dubbed Cersei as Carol. So we kept Carol and made her a guinea pig. And, um, you know, she's kind of our little mouthpiece on when we don't want to write full-blown articles, so she's kind of like what we think about certain things that go on in this week, and we may be, uh, Carol may be talking about people columbusing turmeric and, you know, Monopoly one week, or you never know. <laughs> but, Speaking of... <laughs> That's we might topic. just have to do an episode yeah, entirely about Meltdown May. But yeah, um, the other thing we should up. plug is the community page, website, forum, place, where if you like to read our things and want to talk to the writers more and just get to know us more, you can join. It's free. There's no ads that are, like, in your face. It's a great time. And you can find that link on our website. And come hang out with me where I talk about all my TV things when I don't want to write a full article. But also, like, do sign up for the newsletter because we send one out every Sunday. And there's some other, you know, fun stuff in there as well. So, you know, just do it. I didn't copy Nike. Nike, don't sue me. Please don't sue me. It's the first <laughs> thing I could think of. It's the Ramadan brain. It's Ramadan brain. <laughs> I hope all of you have ice cream after you listen to this. And have a lovely day. Slash all week. Right. Slash month. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>